It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Committed, a production of iHeartRadio. I had no idea that Kate had any interest in me romantically because I was kind of shell-shocked. And when it did become romantic, it was a complete shock to me. I was like, what? And I had only been with men. And so when I started looking at Monica, it just seemed very natural to fall in love with a woman. And it surprised my friends, of course. It was like, what? But it just seemed very natural to me. And I guess younger people now just see that as just a natural part of life being sort of fluid sexuality and well you're just you're you're a real you're so much before your time in every way so i think it's just sort of natural i to me i was really skeptical i thought it would be like oh she's just trying this out oh this is not gonna last so i didn't really i was surprised i was like wow this is amazing but i also didn't really trust it until like after three years probably but i was always reserving you know myself because I just felt like this isn't going to last because she's never been in a relationship with a woman. This is just something that she's just dabbling in and, you know, or, or, you know, she could, she's got a million groupies. Oh my God. Now I don't she's have any like, groupies. Yes, you do. <laughs> Fans, not groupies. Yeah, I mean, you have like people who follow you around and like travel around, you know, so there's that whole aspect where, you know, there's yeah. a lot of insecurity involved with being with someone who's in, in the limelight like that, a rock star. And yeah, you have like, for me, I had to really build up my own sense of self and also try to be, you know, trying to be an equal in a relationship with someone who is um, famous. 
not equal with, but just be able to hold my own is hard. I'm Joe Piazza, and this is Committed. Kate Pearson and Monica Coleman run the super hip Catskills motel, Kate's Lazy Meadow, together. Kate is also a member of the new wave band, the B-52s. The two women have been up in the mountains since the pandemic began. They call their house up there Mountain Abbey. They've been taking care of the motel, bird watching, gardening, canning tomatoes, and spending time with their German shepherds. It's also the longest amount of time they've spent together since Kate's usually off on tour for a good chunk of the year. When I was listening to the two of them, I was struck by just how fascinated they both seem with each other and how they support one another creatively. It's really wonderful to hear that from a couple that's been together for nearly 20 years. Kate and Monica first met in New York City back in 2000. At the time, both of them were with other people, and Kate had never been with a woman. We were both in relationships, And we knew each other as friends. And Monica's partner uh, had these put on these shows at Joe's Pub called the Chanteuse Club. I noticed Monica was behind the scenes and she was filming and recording and doing all this stuff. And I I really noticed her, but she was very quiet. I thought we met up here. I didn't know that. Did we meet in Joe's? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I guess you You don't remember us being together at Joe's Pub? seeing each other, no. talking to each other. It's like black that black dance. Dance. Blacked, blacked out. it out. <laughs> okay, so we met, so we must have met in 2000, and then, you know, you guys were, had been doing that stuff, the shows and whatever. But they both also had places close to Woodstock, New York, in the Catskills. Monica was a photo agent in New York City, and after 9-11, she wanted to give up the whole city lifestyle and move to the country full-time. So I was skiing up here with friends and I forgot my hat. I remember I was on the lift and I said, I'm going to teach myself how to knit. Because I was up here, I wanted to figure out like a way to, to live up here full time. And so I taught myself to knit and then that turned into buying a, a building in, in Woodstock, the old, an old post office in Woodstock renovating that and turning it into the Woodstock Wool Company. And Kate, at the time, had purchased her uh, property to start Lazy Meadow, which was, you know, already, she had purchased it, and she, in the middle of renovations at the wool store, Kate would come in and check out the scene and what we were doing, and she asked me if I would help with that project. So that's how sort of we started working together. We were both in relationships, and, you know, we, we became sort of friends, and, and that's sort of how it And then started. you, and I asked her to help me with Lazy Meadow. Now, I had bought Lazy Meadow the year before, just I drove down the road. I had no sort of dreams of owning a hotel, but I, I saw this property for sale, and I went and looked down by the river. It was so magical, and there were goldfinches and butterflies flying around by the Estopus Creek. Kate is correct. It is totally magical up there. 
Think Dirty Dancing and that one episode of Mrs. Maisel and every Subaru commercial ever. Those are the Catskills Mountains. As for Lazy Meadow. It's this little roadside hotel, little red roadside hotel. And I just thought, wow, this would be so easy to renovate and I'll theme the rooms and it'll be really, it will be so much fun and easy. Nothing about renovations is ever fun and easy. And when Kate started, she realized they were much more difficult than she thought they'd be. So I called on Monica to help me and she solved all these problems. There was a a, a whole water system to be created, uh, septic systems. You can talk about that. But anyway, it was a, a lot of renovation. And also I had no idea how to run it. And we had a very soft opening in what, 2003, I think it was? 2003, 2003. Yeah. Neither of us had done any kind of lodging or any kind of hotel or any. So, so I sort of carried over my know-how from the photo <clears throat> repping business just, and just sort of applied it. Like I had written all my own programs for, for that business to sort of run it, like the, the point of purchase system and the coding and all that stuff. I'm sort of a computer geek. So I, I had coded all of that for my other businesses and just kind of carried that over and that just applied. And, and we just sort of did it by the seat of our pants and, and started slowly. And, and I have to say, business. just yeah. not to interrupt, but I had watched you, you know, I'd seen you at Joe's pub and seen you behind the scenes kind of doing things and seeing you at the wool store, you know, and I mean, you're a woman of so many talents oh. and Monica does pottery and she makes jewelry but when I met her, her skill set was just enormous and, and helping with Lazy Meadow. You know, she could break out the saw and the hammer and she could do the computer. She was a tech, you know, really techie. And I just was watching all these qualities and I just, I fell in love. Aww. I fell in love with you. So, I mean, it was sort of a slow burn in a way. But, you know, when you work with somebody and you fall in love, it's just really things just sort of fall into place you know there's just sort of the cards all fall into place it just seems natural it just seemed like a very natural unity that we had in working together and it, it worked pretty smoothly there were some ups and downs we had some floods at lazy meadow there were some hard times there but you know we weathered all of that together yeah and we had a lot of fun we made it we made it fun it was an adventure i mean working together was so much more fun than working with other people because Kate's so amazing and makes every day like this special fun experience. So that was really new to me, you know, having having that kind of excitement and energy and vision and trying to keep up with that sort of pace was exhausting and, and also exhilarating. So and we created beautiful things together. Kate's vision and my sort of know how and also, you know, both of us having really good business savvy. The main thing that we created was- Well, I don't have good business savvy. You do, you're really good. Well, I mean, I think what, what was created was something that was really organic and really very much an extension of our lives and our home life and just sort of, just an extension of our lives. And it just sort of seamless, like Lazy Meadow is just part of our lives and what we created there is is sort of like your guest- at our house in a way. It's not like some corporate produced theme hotel where, you know, everything's the same or you're trying to go for some sort of cookie cutter kind of thing. It's it's very, very unique, very organic, very authentic. 
It was around that time that Monica broke up with her partner, Maggie, and Kate needed to get out of her own relationship. I had been in a relationship with a a man, and it was a really awful, abusive relationship. And I was desperate to get out of this relationship, which I did. Yeah. Yeah, And then then when I broke up, then... She asked me, she said, you know, we took a walk or something, you know, and she said, I'm wondering if I could ask for your help. She asked for my help. And I was like, you know, of course I'm helping you. She's like, no, I'm... I need to get out of my relationship. I'm, I'm really, I'm really afraid. I had no clue. And it was like, okay, how are we going to fix this problem? It's like, this is another issue. So after that, we kind of helped me and another friend and a couple of other friends that lived nearby, uh, nearby us. And they were in Highland at the time, sort of just helped facilitate getting this person out of Kate's life. That was, that was abusive. The relationship I was in, I mean, I just never in my life had been in any relationship like this that was abusive. And of course it got worse as time went on, but you know, I really was afraid. And our friends, Philip and Scott, who also helped us with Lazy Meadow did help that they helped. And Monica just helped me wrench out of this relationship along with my therapist because I couldn't, I felt in fear of my life. And at one point at the end, I was just kind of afraid And, and whether that was, real or not, I felt it. And it gave me this empathy and and ability to see what women go through in this kind of situation, because I had thought before, oh, why doesn't, if a woman's abused, why didn't she just leave? Why can't she just leave the relationship? You know, why does this happen? And I, I understand now how difficult it can be. So I'm grateful for that. But it was a really the most difficult time in my life. And, and everything since then has seemed much, so much better. It's been up, up, up and away since then. We helped her through that period. And after, I guess, that time, it was like after about three months and we were still working together, Kate had got a gig in Australia. And she said, would you like to come with me, you know, on tour with go to Australia? Would you like to go to Australia with me? I had no idea that Kate had any interest in me romantically because I was kind of shell-shocked. And when it did become romantic, it was a complete shock to me. I was like, what? And I had only been with men. And so when I started looking at Monica, just, you know, it just seemed very natural to fall in love with a woman. And it surprised my friends, of course. It was like, what? But it just seemed very natural to me. And I guess younger people now just see that as just a natural part of life being sort of fluid sexuality and well you're just you're you're a real you're so much before your time in every way so I think it was just sort of natural to me I was really skeptical I thought it would be like oh she's just trying this out oh this is not gonna last so I was surprised I was like wow this is amazing but I also didn't really trust it until like after three years probably yeah it was hard at the beginning yeah you didn't have a lot of trust yeah I didn't I was like no she's gonna just you know this is not gonna last but Kate asking Monica to go to Australia with her felt at least a little bit serious I was like you know sure I'll I'll definitely come we had a vacation first in Australia we started with the vacation that was was that was yeah, we started one? going up the South Island of New Zealand. It was a whirlwind, of course. And, and I felt like just because we were such good friends for so long, it also felt like, oh, you know, we're just I'm going away with with a friend and we're going on vacation together. It, it really like the romance part still hadn't 
really sunk into me. I was like, okay. You didn't trust it. No, no. But, you know, after that trip, it was, it was really like, I, I started to, to feel like, oh, this, this could be real, maybe. We toured New Zealand and the, the South Island and the North Island of New Zealand. And then we ended up meeting up with the band and Kate was doing her thing. So all that, that whole world of being backstage and being around the other band members and the whole dynamic and, you know, all of that stuff was just like the whole tour manager and the I think your manager, I think Bradford was on that trip. You know, it's a whole big business and Kate's in there and she's doing her job. And, you know, so, so it's hard, you, you know, I would be there and I'd sort of respectfully, you know, stand back I and mean, she's working. So I didn't, you know, it wasn't like, you know, didn't want to like disturb her or be a bother or be like a pain in the ass. So I would, I would like do my own thing. You know, I'd, sort of go, but also like, I'm very independent and I'm not, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I'm happy to go. I've traveled the world and before meeting Kate. So for me, it was like, oh, I could go here or there and I'll see you after, you know, or I wasn't like going there and just sort of glomming on and wanting to just be with her 24 seven, at least that we had our own little independence, but yeah. it was, it was exciting and we had a lot of fun and so it kind of added to the whole romance part. It was like, wow, this is just such, a, you know, I couldn't believe that this was actually a reality still. And we went, we had a great time, we got closer. But I was always reserving myself because I just felt like this isn't going to last because she's never been in a relationship with a woman. This is just something that she's just dabbling in and, you know, or, or you know, she could... She's got a million groupies. Oh my God! Now I don't have any like, groupies. Yes, you do. <laughs> fans, not groupies. Yeah. I mean, you have like people who follow you around and like travel around. You know, so there's that whole aspect where you know there's yeah. a lot of insecurity involved with being with someone who's in, in the limelight like that, a rock star. And you know, you have like for me, I had to really build up my own sense of self and also trying to be an equal in a relationship with someone who is famous not equal with, but just be able to hold my own is is hard. Well, not only that, but the band, you know, it's just a natural dynamic and everyone in the band, and we're another family in a way. We've been together over 40 years and we have a very family dynamic. So anyone in the band will tell you that when they go home to their significant others or their cats, (laughs) um, you know, their, their other, their partners will tell them, Oh, you know, just it's so it's very difficult for people to come home and leave all the time. Very few couples last actually in that when people like us on our crew who tour with other bands after our tour is finished, they go tour with other bands and they're gone all the time. And the backstage yeah. scene is hard because there's always someone to tell even it's if it's your wife, you know, or significant significant other partner there's always someone to tell you you can't be here you can't be in the space and sometimes there is no space yeah and monica was very very respectful of the space and and too much so in a way like after the show i'm like where's monica where's monica you'd be like hiding somewhere no um, but mean, it I- is hard that's a very difficult thing to, to it's like sharing somebody yeah, but it's also like going to work with someone too. So there's like yeah. there's like that aspect too. You know, they're doing their job, even though it's fun and it's you know it's, it's a concert and you know the front of the house, everyone's partying, having fun. The back of the house is like 
you know, that's the reality of behind the, the, the Oz's curtain. It's like everybody's like exhausted. Everybody's trying to get ready. And it's just a whole different scene. It's great, but it's really hard work. It's hard. I mean, I don't know how you can do it. But I mean, I love doing it. And but it's but it is work. And then people think, well, we're just can I just come along? It's going to be fun. And everyone that's ever come along with this on tour is exhausted after a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, then, and then there's the, always the, you know, the backstage, like, you know, I'm sorry, Kate says she doesn't have groupies, but you know, she has, she not, has, there's a like, difference between fans and groupies. Well, okay. Whatever. It's like people who like are in love with you. They want to be near you. They want to have a, be part of, you know, your, your persona, your stage persona. You know, they want to attach that. Whatever you're projecting out to your fans, like they're picking up on it and then they want their... It's it's a whole phenomenon, the fan phenomenon. And that was the hardest thing for me to get through because I was like, I didn't want to be around that because it was like, it really... I just, I felt part of me was like threatened. The other part of me was like possessive. The other part of me was like, you know, kind of... I mean, I understood it's part of the business. Without fans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I get it. So, you know, that was like early on. And, you know, as we stayed together and, you know, I realized like that's just part of it. And plus, Kate is the most loyal and the most, you know, if she were somebody that would go out and have a million affairs or, you know, I'd find her like cheating. or I mean, you know, I would have known that right early on and that would have been not for me. And that's just not who Kate is. And that's why we're still together because she's incredibly loyal she's incredibly stable she's like a rock and even though she's got this whole lifestyle of rock star and fans and that's just her job and that, I mean that's part of who she is but when she comes home she's home and she's with me and you know all of that is just that's just a part of her life that is like any performer or any actor or whatever that's just uh, separate from home life so I mean when the band started there were some wild times and we used to, you know, we opened for Talking Heads and we went to Europe and we, we were on a whirlwind tour when we started out when we were young and starting and people think that we're, you know, I never take my wig off or my hairpiece or whatever. I never, even the metaphorical wig, you know, just like, am I going to change my persona they think it's all wild times we get home and i'm just like woo woo party you're a nerd yeah i'm a total nerd nerd. yeah i mean i'm bird watcher and gardener and yeah so yeah and then when we got back you know kate's like why don't you you know move in with me i don't recall there was any point where i said will you move in with me it just sort of happened you know just sort of like Um, you just started staying over here yeah and then i stayed over at your place yeah you you come here and then yeah but at one point you said do you want to? You asked me. Yeah. I think I remember. Anyway, doesn't matter. Either way, I ended up here. I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I was she's still here. <laughs> Whether I asked her or I'm not, still she's, she's still here. Still here. Still here. Time for a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk about Kate and Monica's Hawaiian wedding. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. 
I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At one point, after we were together a little while, I, I told Kate, I said, I think we should get married. 
or I, you know, I want to marry you. You know, the usual things you say in a romantic beginnings of a relationship. We should mm. get married. I, I mean, Kate's a bit hippie more, and so that like marriage, the whole conventional thing, isn't really her style. I never thought of myself as ever getting married. I don't. I just didn't think about. Like, I didn't that. believe in marriage. I mean, she I didn't kind believe of... in it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess for us when marriage was made legal and we felt like it was our duty to get married like as as gay women as Kate being someone that is in, in the public eye to support others and to show just to be out there and take advantage of all of the struggles that all of the people that came before us to get us to this point of being able to get married legally we felt it was our obligation to do that just because we could and it was our right and we felt like you know, we're on the backs of all the other gay activists out there that fought for us to do that. And besides that, we were very, very together in our business venture. We both own Lazy Meadow together and Lazy Desert. And Monica's old house is part of Lazy Desert. We had other properties that were part of Lazy Meadow. We had Lazy Shack, Lazy Cabin, Lazy yeah. Lodge. Yeah. So we were very together in our business and we did consult business people, you know, to figure out like how we would Oh, before we got married. Yeah. yeah. Oh, be, yeah. I mean, the whole legal, you know, the assets, and, you know, ownership and how that was just a, a nightmare for, for any gay couples that own property or businesses or all that stuff. We Even just, making a will, whatever. we were told that no matter what you do, no matter how ironclad your will is, it can be contested. Can be. <laughs> the fact that, you know, we were in a precarious position because society did not support our lifestyle by making it easy for us to be together, be a couple, be committed and own property and, own property and business together. It's just not set up for it. It's set up for conservative, you know, beliefs of a, of a man and a woman being married. And that's how the society operates. And, and you have to work within those confines or you have to pay to get things assessed and then evaluations and get all of these, you know, you like, well, they make you, it basically impossible before that before gay marriage was legal. It would be very difficult to sort of sew up all those ends, even that's right. visiting rights in the hospital, yeah, even, you know, all, all those kind of things. All so that. when gay marriage was passed, we're like, yes, yeah. and it was very romantic, I have to say. We went, we thought about it so much. How are we going to invite people? We have so many friends. How are we going to have this big wedding? And I've seen so many friends struggle with their weddings and getting it together, and it's wonderful and all, but what a pain it is. I mean, it can be such a a burden so we didn't want it to be like that and we we thought about how would we do this big party and accommodate everybody and then this opportunity came where we got a gig in hawaii and we thought well let's just go to hawaii and get married there the band will be there our friend sia was there my friend who lives there jan wagner lived there and so we had a small group of people at our wedding and it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. It's like beautiful hotel. It was on the beach, of course. And it was just, uh, it was a phenomenal wedding. It was very romantic and we got great pictures. Yeah, we did. So how do you guys divide up the duties now with, with all of the, all of the, all of the lazy properties? Well, that's easy. I do all the work. And then no, and I just lay back. Yeah. Kate lays around. <laughs> no, so basically, I handle the day-to-day -day operations of like the. Right now, we have Lazy Desert out in uh, Joshua Tree, and we have Lazy Meadow in Mount Tremper, and we only have one other property, which is the Lazy Cabin, which is in Woodstock. 
And Lazy Meadows only like speaking of remote 10 minutes from our house. For those of you who haven't heard of it, take a minute and Google Lazy Meadow. It's just roadside hotel, little cabins. One, there's one, one through five. It's just one building. And then there are two separate cabins. And it's on this beautiful creek, the Esopus Creek. And it's up here in the Catskill Mountains. It's in Mount Tremper, New York. And it's just a magical spot. It's got this beautiful meadow, hence Lazy Meadow. It has several meadows, but it's actually just Lazy Meadow. And that was the original name. And it's like such a beautiful getaway. It's mid-century, so it was really decorated to be sort of brought to its former glory, whether it was formerly glorious or not, I don't know. But we brought it to its former glory with mid-century design. Monica found these and retrofitted these mid-century kitchens. Turquoise, one's like 50s turquoise kitchen, complete with stove and refrigerator, and then a pink one in another suite. So it's a very much like you have your own little private apartment Thomas when you stay up here I do the, the day-to-day oversee you know make sure that the people show up you know every morning we have a morning meeting and we talk about the state of affairs and we talk about what needs to be done and who's gonna you know we delegate like okay Kate can you handle this point can you handle that Kate's oftentimes in her studio working on music so Plus, she's the face of the business. I mean, it's her her name and celebrity that we sort of rely on to bring in business and, you know, bring press or whatever. So, I mean, that's a huge part of, you know, our identity is is that. But, you know, she's very hands-on with ideas. And if I have a problem, I can always bounce it off her. Or, you know, I've got a situation. Complaints. Complaint. She's the complaint department. Yeah. She Sometimes I have to say the complaint department is close. Yes, you do. But yeah, I mean, it works. And we have our two German shepherds and, you know, they take a lot of, of time and Kate really like she she's so diligent with like taking them for their their hikes and their playtimes and she takes care of their feeding. And we also have a huge garden that we both work on. And, you know, we do she did all this canning this year, with all these tomatoes. And she made some amazing sauces and we've been delegating duties i like to work outside and deal with like you know hook up a rain system to fill up our pool you know like engineering feats and things that need to be done like that i I like to work on that what what are you whispering (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, kate's out there weeding and and i you know i cut the lawn i cut the garden i do shopping i do all the the shopping for the food i cook and kate does all the cleaning you know, so we what? have, you do all the, not the cleaning of the house, but you do the cleaning up of the dishes, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, cooking, clean up after the, the clean meal. clean up after yeah. dinner. I mean, know? we have a delegation of labor. We have so. a delegation of labor. And then the time that we spend together, you know, as a couple, is like when the day is over, we go, I make fire. I'm sorry, we have such a routine. I love routines. And routines are also a great place for a break. Be right back. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, 
the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. 
I know I've asked this a lot this season, and it's because relationships are weird and hard in lockdown. And I had to know how Kate and Monica have been getting along during the pandemic. So the last gig I had was, well, we played in New Orleans, this big party for Muse crew in New Orleans. And I didn't really realize there was a lot of COVID going around there. And then we had a Marco Island gig. And then we had, we were in New York City, we had a gig there and we had a brunch and we went to dinner and we, you know, went shopping. And that March 1st, we came back home. And ever since then, we've been on pretty much lockdown. I kind of got into during this quarantine of making um, masa, making home, homemade corn tortillas. So we got a 50 pound bag of masa to make the corn tortillas. And we had it in our front room and we had left it there. And there was a screen on the front door and we saw this bear outside. We saw it sort of browsing around outside, but you know, we shut the screen and went to bed. And the next morning the bear had bust through the screen. It, I guess it sort of snuffled around and the, opened the bag of masa and it's kind of dry. So it ate all the masa. It ate some of it anyway. And it, then it came, went out through the screens. It didn't really make a, it left footprints. But it didn't really mess up anything too much except the masa. But I've been making that and doing hot sauce. And Monica made some hot sauce. You sourdough. Know, sourdough pasta. bread. Monica cooked bread, baked bread all the time. We're always cooking. We're cooking something. We're always making something. We're always doing something. We always have a project. We're always, I mean, we're always working. We are both workaholics. Yeah, we're we don't, doers. We don't, we're doers. We don't really... We don't stop but for us to have leisure time or to just like chill. Like we don't, I mean, we chill at night. We, yeah. we have our routine, we make dinner or whatever. And then we usually like go into our living room where we light a really nice fire and get your time. And then we, right now we're watching, we're, we're re-watching Mad Men, the whole series of, of Mad Men. And, you know, it's really fun. We watch a couple episodes and then we, you know, it's, it's, that's our enjoyment. Did you guys expect to get along so well in quarantine? We've never spent a full year together. We usually spend at least three months apart since we've been together. So this is the first time ever we've spent so much time together. And so it's it's a different sort of pace. We both have to compromise and it's an adjustment. But I think people in this situation with COVID, it's either you you know, people have been together a long while. They're either drawn closer together or they just get on each other's nerves and then it just, just explodes. So I think we're beyond the explosion part. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been much better because being when I was home, we were together a lot, like 24-7, and then I'd be gone totally. So we give each other space. I have a music studio down the road that I can go to and work on music and Monica has her pottery studio here in the house and works on jewelry and you have classes. This extended period of time, I mean, it was like, it was normal in the beginning. And then it was like, you know, as the summer started coming around, I was like, oh man, when is she, when is she going to go back? Every now and then it's like, when are you leaving? When, no. when is tour, When is this COVID going to be over? No, because it kind of like, I kind of got into the routine of being alone and I'm a loner. I'm like an introvert. So you know, as nice as it was as to have, I mean, it was just sort of this adjustment for me personally. And and so we really had to set some time alone apart from each other, which was me going into my studio and working for, you know, until whatever, and Kate going to her recording studio in Chopin, and then she would have, you know, her time apart and we would come home and have dinner. And that got a little tense, probably like 
three or four months in where I was just sort of like, there's no end in sight. There's no end in sight. <laughs> well, I think the whole idea of the lockdown too, it's like, we can't, oh, we can't we stop. We can't get away from each other. Yeah. Can't but, go here or stop here. Yeah. My usual like stop over. But we're know, both friends. so incredibly polite. Like we're both polite people. Like both of us have the same kind of thing. Like, oh no, you have the last slice. Oh no, you have, you know, that's just our personalities are, are so accommodating as in as a rule in general. And so we're very polite to each other in some ways that, you know, I think is really respectful. And we, you know, except we, when we're giving we each other bicker. the finger, you know, as, yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> we bicker and everything. But, you know, as, as I mean, we really look out for each other. I think that's a really great yeah. part of our relationship is that we're both looking out for each other all the time. And what's best for each of us and the support and all that stuff. But the time, I mean, but the time for, sorry. No, 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 no. I was going to say the, the time together, it's kind of like came to a peak where it was like, oh my God, you know, I can't take another day. It's too much. Like, you know, I would try to go, I invited friends up and we got to spend some time with other people that were, you know, staying at Lazy Meadow that we closed down the business and we had time to social distance with friends that weren't staying with us. So that was nice to, to be able to socialize and be around other people than rather than be with each other all the time, which is, you can't do it. That kind of eased the tension a little bit. And then I don't know what happened. We just kind of got into a new routine of doing our own thing and feeling really like, okay, you know, just kind of like so fortunate and lucky that we're in yeah, this position and we're not having to go on a subway to get to work and we're not having to, you know, go out in the world where it's dangerous. And, and so we're, we're both like really thankful and grateful yeah. for our situation. And that kind of brings us together even more, I think. I am throwing this last section to our producer, Ramsey. Ramsey doesn't get to speak very often, and he wants to speak. He wants his voice heard, and he has a very important question for Monica. Monica, hopefully this won't start a little rift between the two of you guys. Uh, were you a B-52s fan prior to meeting Kate? And if so, who was your favorite member? Think carefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I knew I knew of the band, of course, but I think it's a little bit before my time. There is an age gap the between era. us quite a bit. Yeah, there's a little bit. I knew of the band. I wasn't a fan of the band per se. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm starstruck. And well, you like 70s bands. I, like, I was more like <laughs> 70s rock. I knew the band. I was a fan. My favorite member of the band, of course, is Kate. Yeah, I mean, it was... It, I don't know. I kind of just took it in stride. Like I didn't, I, that's a lot of people ask, you know, like, Oh, I mean, I'm so glad. I mean, that couldn't have worked if you were no, no. a fan really. I mean, I, you love the music, I think, but you know, it's not like you would listen to B-52 no, music no, no, all the no, time. No, but. it's just, I just knew that she was in that band and I knew that she was, you know, a real innovator and in, her craft and what she did and I re really respected her in that in that respect of being an artist and creating something completely new and as an artist myself looking at her as an artist and what she does is, is she's revolutionized a music genre and that yeah. I really admire you know but as well like, yeah that's it well I would I have to say though Monica when I did my first solo record and 
whenever it was, uh, guitars and microphones, Monica really stepped up to the plate. I couldn't have done it without her. She, as a woman of so many skills, she really managed the whole thing. We went out to LA, I wrote songs, I recorded it out there. She started Lazy Desert when we were out there. She We bought an Airstream RV and she lived in that while we started Lazy Desert. She really helped me and supported me and, and not just emotional support. She completely, you know, managed the project and filmed the video. The album cover. And she did the album cover. <laughs> so, I mean, she really, and I'm working on my, se my second solo record. It's done basically, but I'm just figuring out how to, when, how and when and where to put it out. But she really helped me do that. And that was my dream. That was something I wanted to do for so many years and she really made it happen. That was a great answer. Right. It, it went in a different direction. I loved it. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of the norm. <laughs> direction here. This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza. Special thanks to Kate Pearson and Monica Coleman. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Ramsey Yunt. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Kling. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's jo at committedpodcast.com. You can grab a copy of Joe's book, how to be married on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in LA. And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.